Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at montrosechurch.org. Have a great day. Well, good morning, Montrose Church, and welcome. Uh, Just uh, on this last Sunday of 2020, and maybe we all take a big sigh at this point and say, good riddance, we're glad that finally 2020 is coming to an end, and prayerful that 2020, 2021 is going to be better than this. And uh, I'm glad you're joining us, and we're given uh, a little time for others to kind of get on board and to share in uh, what has become a tradition here, but an unusual service, and that is uh, a time of family communion. And so I want to thank you for participating Uh, Over the years, this has become apparent to me that uh, it is incredibly valuable to set aside some time for pastors to pray over individual families and individual needs, and that somehow when you come to the end of the year and all of the energy and effort that goes into making uh, every single weekend filled with content that's uh, spirit-led and driven by the Word and Uh, that we shall celebrate together in worship and we celebrate together in conversation and opening the Word. Still, it seems like maybe it's appropriate at the end of the year to stop and say, you know, all of that effort and energy is really about one thing. It's about letting God be God and it's about inviting God to do His work in our lives and in our journey and in our homes and in our families. And we all need that. We all desire that. And so through this Advent season, we've been celebrating and worshiping around the idea of fear not. And after a long silence, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. And when the angels appear to Zechariah and to the shepherds and to Mary and to Joseph, the message comes over and over, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And it seems like as we come to the end of this year, it's uh, such an appropriate thing for us to think about of how it might be that you and I could exercise that message into our own hearts. I bring you glad tidings of great joy that will be for all people. Do not be afraid. And so we've talked over this Advent season about not being afraid of the past about not being afraid of the timing, about not being afraid of the present, about not being afraid of the future, and today to think just for a moment about not being afraid of the unknown. So this year is going to be a year of change for our family. Um, Things are going to be different, and as we think about what that looks like, there's a lot of unknown. And I think when you face the unknown, when you're looking at what might be and how things might be different and the fact that they can't stay the same, we know that the only constant is change. And I'm sure that things are changing in your world and in your family and with your kids and your extended family. And so how do you cope with the unknown? What happens to you? What is going on inside of your heart and mind and spirit as you come to the close of 2020 a year we could not have anticipated, a year that was full of the unknown uh, and continues in many ways to be full of the unknown. How do you cope? 
what do you do? What happens inside of you? How do you pray? How do you seek? Most of us are waiting for the circumstances to firm up so we can feel better. We're waiting for the circumstances to get resolved so then we don't have the same kind of anxiety or uncertainty. But, but I think God invites us to a deeper kind of experience than that. And I was thinking about this. I, I, you know, it's cold and flu season, even though it's also COVID season, so we don't really talk about cold and flu season because, you know, we're all scared of COVID. But, you know, there's a saying that goes along with cold and flu season, that is you starve a cold and you feed a fever. Or you feed a cold and you starve a fever. I don't really know what's accurate. But I think when it comes to fear of the unknown, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's some wisdom. There are some things that we should starve, and there are some things that we should feed. And if we don't starve the appropriate things and feed the appropriate things, then I think we find ourselves locked in a place of anxiety and fear and depression and sadness and feeling overwhelmed. And so as you think about that, uh, I just want to read to you from the book of Philippians because I think Paul is addressing directly this reality. It's in Philippians 4, 4 through 8. So take a deep breath, relax a little. When you think about what to starve and what to feed, let these words wash over you. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so whenever I, I read that, I, I feel like Paul is directly addressing the issue of fear of the unknown. How do you handle it? You rejoice. You let your gentleness be evident. You, you're not anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, we let our requests be made known to God. So I immediately just hear a few things going on uh, in that conversation. We starve anxiety. We just starve our anxious thoughts and feelings. And we starve uh, the need to understand it all. That we literally understand that God gives us a peace that is beyond our own understanding, that gets past our need to have all the circumstances settled and everything resolved and everything firmed up. When we talked last week about the future, the reality is God holds the future. And in that reality is a God who's for us and not against it, who in all things works for our good. And we can rest in that. We can take a deep breath and relax in the fact that, that in the unknown, God will go ahead of us and work on our behalf. And so when you stop and you think about what that looks like, then he tells us, here's some things you ought to feed on. Feed on rejoicing. You ought, to, you ought to think of ways and find ways to celebrate. Feed on gentleness. That's one of those things that we don't do nearly often enough. 
feed on the reality that we can pray and petition God. And that just simply means prayer is the place in which we enter into a space where we commune with God, where we allow Him to surround us and wrap us up. And petition is where we say, and here are the things about the future and the unknown and the past and the timing and the present that could make me anxious, but I want to lay them at your feet. We petition God. We, we have specific requests that we present to him. And then if, if that's not enough, then he says, here's some other things you should feed on. Feed on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so you're invited, I'm invited, we're invited together to not fear the future. And that's my prayer for you. We started this tradition some years ago, and I, and I think the reason that we started it is we felt like that it mattered so much that we have an opportunity to just pray together, to just come together as a congregation and come together as individual families. And then I've just been astonished over the years for families to walk into this sanctuary on a normal year and to have a pastor take them aside and to fill out a little card that said, here are our names and here are the things that we'd like to be prayed for that in regard to our family. And to have a pastor just simply share a prayer over that family and share a moment of communion. I'm continually amazed at the level of emotion that is involved in that simple experience. And it seems appropriate to me that it's become kind of a covenant moment in which as a congregation, we're simply saying, Lord, we close out this year and we covenant together to lay at your feet all of our anxieties and all of our cares. And we covenant together to lay at your feet all of the things that are coming in the year ahead. All of the things that we don't know, all of the things that we can't predict, we're laying them at your feet and we're inviting you to be involved, to be connected, to do the work. And every time as we enter into this year, we find ourselves feeding on anxiety and feeding on our need to understand, we're going to stop and remember the covenant. And the covenant is, hey, we are feeding at this table. We're feeding at a table that has to do with excellent and praiseworthy and trust and confidence and faith. And it's not about our faith, it's about God's faithfulness. And we're feeding at this table again and again. Way back in March when this whole thing began, I don't know if you remember, but it started out we were going to lock down for two weeks. And, uh, and so as we started that process, uh, two weeks was kind of a big deal. And the reason it was a big deal is because Easter was coming. And all of us were hoping that we would be out for two or three weeks, but by Easter we would all be back together. And so as it became apparent... Uh, that we weren't going to all be together on Easter, then we started to talk about the fact that we wanted to share communion on Easter Sunday, but how would we do that? And you know, different churches have different liturgy and different understanding of the table and how it works and what it means. And if you've studied theology, then you know the theologies of transubstantiation and subsubstantiation, consubstantiation, all of those things. And when you start to think about the table and what it means, uh, uh, I remember getting a letter from uh, a theological seminary, 
And uh, the letter said, uh, on this Easter Sunday, uh, you shouldn't, you know, just involve people in communion because really the only way to do communion is to come to the front of the church and to have uh, uh, the priest or the pastor to pray over and sanctify the elements and then participate, uh, you know, have the, the, the appropriate liturgy. And I remember thinking uh, in that week, I, I just can't see how that is honoring to God and that, in fact, he's present in all of our homes and families. And, and so at Easter, you may remember, we did our very first, hey, we're going to share communion at the close of this service, so go and gather your elements and whatever you have available to you. We're going to pray a prayer of commitment, and we're going to commit them to God and ask God to inhabit them in the same way we do here. And I've thought about it over these months, and I just can't think of a thing that I believe is any healthier, or vivid, or powerful for the image of the church than the fact that you at your house right now can gather elements in your home, and that we can be one family around the table, and that this covenant that's been established over these last years into a tradition in this church of ending the year and starting the year around this table by presenting our needs to God and asking Him to heal all the stuff. And I want you to begin to think about that. All the, all the hurt, all the pain, all the stuff that's happened in this year, the misunderstanding, whatever is going on right now in your home and in your family and in your heart and in your mind, whatever creates tension, let's starve it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. In everything, by prayer, and petition, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends our own understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and maybe we need to just starve some things from this past year. We just need to, to let them die and wither away, not be a part of our thought process anymore. Whatever things are true, I mean really true, which sometimes we have a hard time discerning. Whatever things are pure and noble, praiseworthy, excellent, if there be any excellence, think about these things. And so as we covenant, we're thinking about starving some of those from this past year, starving the anxiety as we look at the unknown, but we're also inviting God in a covenant way to be present. And I just love the imagery that you can do that at your house that you can do it in your own home with your own family. We can do it all across this nation. There are people joining us all really literally around the world in this moment. And, and we can do this together because God is present with all of us. We are one family around this table. Whether you attend this church or you attend a different church, we are one family. And this meal symbolizes all of that. And so if you're local and you decide you want to pack your family in the car and you want to drive over here to the Montrose campus and you want to go through and, and fill out a card and stay in your car and wear your mask and have a, a masked, gloved pastor pray with your family specifically, you know, in the next two hours the campus is going to be open for you to do that. But I'm going to pray a covenant prayer with you right now, and that covenant prayer is going to end with us partaking together at this table. And so I invite you now to join me to gather your elements and your family, and we're just going to pray together, and then we're going to partake together. Let's pray.
God, we give you thanks. We're thankful for the way you love us. We're thankful for the way you provide for us. We're thankful for the providence that has led us to this moment. So many years that we've started, we, we might have been filled with all kinds of anxiety had we known the things we would face. And yet you have faithfully navigated all of those years. You've faithfully allowed us to move through the process. And sometimes that's involved sacrifice, and sometimes it's involved grief. Not everything always turns out the way we had wished or hoped or desired, but in all things, we can honestly say you have been working for the good. We can see how even in very, very difficult times, You've been present with us, sustaining us, helping us, supporting us, weeping with us, guiding us, allowing your strength to be made perfect in our weakness. We, we understand the reality of life, and we understand the pain of it, but we also understand that peace that passes understanding. And so we quiet our hearts and our minds, and we seek that. We end the year in this humble way because we believe that we need you. We need your presence. We need your grace. We need your power, your providence, your strength. And so for all that we bring to the end of 2020, we gather it all up and lay it at your feet some anger or bitterness, our theories of conspiracy, our worries about the economy, our politics, the divisiveness of our culture. We gather it all up. It's not ours to resolve. We lay it at your feet. We gather all of the realities of our personal journeys, our homes and our families, our finances, our jobs, our personal physical health, the fact that we need you to be present. We need you to fix some things. We need you to heal some things, to change some things. We need you to temper our emotions and thoughts about one another. We need you to bond us together in a deeper, more powerful way. We need you to heal fractured relationships, and we gather those personal things, and I pray healing over homes and families and physical bodies. I pray the ability and strength to starve anxiety and to starve the need for our own understanding and to starve the things that build fear in us. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. And I pray your grace over these homes and families. I pray your grace over kids who continue to do school by Zoom. I pray that you'd give them a fresh and renewed strength to do that and to continue and open their hearts and minds to ways in which they can learn and grow and be right on track with where they need to be and open doors for the social interactions that are so important for human beings. We pray for all of those needs going on right inside these families and homes. We pray for finances and jobs 
And we ask you to be at work in those things. We pray for the life of the church. And you know so many in this season have have moved away, and we're praying for them in their new places and asking you to bless them and help them and guard them and guide them and continue to lead your church in the way that you desire it to be. Whoever we will be in the future, we will be your church, and we will be doing your work, and we will follow you. Be with our partners in Africa and our community partners around this city and around the world, I just ask God that you would, as we close out 2020, you would heal some things. And as we enter into 2021, that you would go before us, that you would be our shield and our protector, and we would feel covered and gathered under your wings and protected, and we would walk into this new year with a deep sense that you hold us in the palm of your hand and we are safe with you. And now we ask, Lord, that you would apportion grace to every single person as there is need. We dedicate the elements represented at this table, wherever they find themselves, whatever the nature of that material, across this city, across the world, we invite you to consecrate these elements so that they may be instruments of your grace and representative of your great providence and love and sacrifice for each of our lives. We dedicate all of these elements to you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And once again, we pray that now in this moment, as you inhabit these elements and consecrate them for your use, that you would apportion grace to every single person as they have need. May these elements feed rejoicing and gentleness and truth and things that are noble and excellent and praiseworthy. And may they take away and starve anxiety and fear and the need for our own understanding. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was broken for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life, taking eat in remembrance that Christ died for you, blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was shed for you, preserve you blameless unto everlasting life, take and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and be thankful. And now, God, I pray that as we move into the remainder of this day and the last few days of 2020 and the very opening days of 2021, we covenant with you. We place it all in your hands, and we invite you to bless and guide and be powerful in each of our lives, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and everyone said together, amen, and amen, and amen. God bless you. Happy New Year. God bless.
Thanks for joining us at the Montrose Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.montrosechurch.org. Have a great day.